Hello. No intro this week before I speak. A bit strange, I know. However, by the time you listen to this, I'll be in uh, sunny Orlando, Florida, and Ian will be back home in rainy Leeds, I'm sure, enjoying himself. Uh, weirdly, I'll also either have a fiancé at this point, or I'll be freshly single and chasing some new American girlfriend, as by now I'll, uh, I'll have proposed. Um, with that in mind, and obviously not wanting to deprive our listeners of our amazing voices, we've got a very special American podcast for you to enjoy. Don't worry though, our usual weekly pod is back next week. Hello and welcome to the Tapping Up podcast with myself, Daryl, and as always, Ian. Uh, as you'll heard in the intro, we've got an American special this week, so just throwing it up and changing things up as per usual. Um, I've no idea what Ian's prepped for this, and he's absolutely no idea what I've prepped. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want to choose a, a random subject? Yes, yeah, so I think we're going to go for a bit of back and forth, aren't we, in terms of um, allegedly relevant topics to what we normally talk about, but with a, a, an American theme in homage to your little trip statesides. Um, so first one for me... Um, American sports, specifically NFL, baseball, ice hockey. Shite, next. Literally, I, I'm not even kidding. I can't stand NFL. Um, you play about four minutes of sport and the rest is advertising. Basketball, I know you like. I can't stand it. I think it's a waste of time. And hockey I like because people fight, but I don't actually like the sport. It's close to football, I guess. So the only one, you, you've added a sport in, which I didn't mention, which is basketball. What about baseball? I'm even worse. So no, is, is the answer there. Um, I know we've spoken about this before. It's over-glorified rounders. It's got too much advertising, as does every American sport, and it's not enjoyable. On the baseball, any sport that you play as a fucking child in the playground, like rounders, shouldn't be a professional sport, in my opinion. So I don't recall there being a professional British Bulldog League or stuck in the mud. So baseball, dog shit. And also, the only thing I will say, weirdly, on a, uh, a theme that we often talk about, seems to be home to a lot of steroid users. What, hang on, what's stuck in the mud? Like it. Never heard of stuck in the mud. It? Like, stuck in the mud is you get stuck, you have to have your legs open until unsticky someone has to crawl through your legs. I'm sorry, What? You've never so played this. You get stuck in place. You have to it's open like it, your legs. But then, so you just stand there, like in a uh, not in a a star jump position without your hands, <laughs> and then basically someone has to dive under your legs to unfree you. You never played this before. No. So what did, did I grow up in a foreign time? What the I think fuck? you've grown up in a, a scary, dangerous time. If you're playing games as kids, where people have got to get in between your legs, well, that shows it was a more innocent time that there wasn't any risk to it. And all I used to do was always uh, holes in your trousers. Because you're diving on a playground, trying to unstick someone from the mud. I can't believe you've never heard of You had holes. This is getting worse. So you had holes in, in your trousers. So you dive as a kid that you do. Imagine you're playing five-a-side football. You just get scratches all over your leg, don't you? I just dive in my trousers. I would always be ripping my trousers. This is literally answering a lot of questions that I had about you. Um, it does explain a lot, I'll be honest. Uh, listeners, I'm sure, of anyone over a particular age can confirm stuck in the mud is not some creepy... Is it like a southern thing, that? Because I, I literally, so. I never heard of it. I never used to play. I used to play football as a kid. I didn't crawl in between my mate's legs. Yeah, this is like six, not fucking fourteen. And you, you never heard of it. No. You must have played it. Or is, it, is that not tag. tag? I was going to say some shit like that. It is called dance. Yeah, but we didn't freeze enough to open his legs when we got. Well, that's why there's a difference. Do you played stuck in the mud in it. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, just you and just Jimmy Savile <laughs> wasn't fucking around our school playground, but. Um, <laughs> Taken out of context, it sounds ropey, but um, stuck in the mud. Good game. I, I, I'm sure our listeners can confirm that this is not some paedophilic um, pastime. But any American listeners listening to this have just heard that you confer, uh, compared baseball to what sounds like Rounders a paedophilic to, sport. to that shit. So. Um, NFL, I think you were bang on the mark, which is how do they want to stretch a game out? It's supposed to be 90 minutes and four quarters. I swear they can make a quarter last an hour. It's the only game I know that you've got two teams. Three? On the same team. Three teams? Defensive, offensive. What's the third? It's like, is it kicking? I don't I think you have a team, you just have a kicker, don't you? No, do you not? Yeah, I don't think it's a That's kicking a team. But I suppose knowledge. you could. I, like that. But yeah, the two teams is, is ridiculous. Um, 
NHL, you stole my thunder because it's the only, I feel like you stole my point as well. In fact, it's the only sport that fighting is legally allowed. So I'm actually just reading that. your iPad, that's why. Um, just... Good eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you're allowed to fight as long as one person isn't winning. And who doesn't love those scenes in hockey where they throw their gloves off? They use the old one hand to try and hold each other because they're on the ice and the other hand's just a fucking wrecking ball. I did quite like uh, Mighty Ducks as well, the film, when we were younger. My brother were obsessed with them. He used to buy the T-shirt. Are they an actual team? No. Not become an actual team at no, any point? I think they're just part of a, a franchise. Like, I think they're about as real team as Space Jam. Space Jam's not real? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest, because it's a dog shit sport, but... Um, Basketball, I will stick my, my, my neck on the line and say that is a quality sport. I know you're not a big fan. You're the only person I've ever known when we were discussing this moan that something's too fan-friendly. So I said, at least it's all action, one end to the other. It's like football that ends like 8-9, and you're like, don't like it. But why would I want a football game that ends 8-9? My team's constantly conceding. Oh, yeah, but they're, they're good at throwing a ball into a basket, which is two yards away. Cracking. But you'd rather a nil-nil than an 8-9. 100%. Because then it's a dogged, rough game. Now who the fuck is coming across as weird? You'd rather a nil-nil than an 8-9 every game. Whether it it will turn it in win and loss. Surely that's better. We can't compare my weirdness to yours, considering you've just admitted to thousands of people listening to this that you were touched as a child by some teachers playing. (laughs) I feel like you've taken on my words. I'm going to Google this shit in a second when you're talking about some other insane nonsense that stuck in the mud just to prove, is is a genuine game, and I'll, I'll send you a link. I mean, the funniest thing about this is anyone who is new to this podcast, especially if they're an American listener, thinking, oh, look, there's an American episode of this. I'll, I'll give a listen to this. It'll be really friendly to me. I've just listened to seven minutes' worth of you slagging off, and, and me, to be fair, slagging off American sports. First thing I've Googled, stuck in the mud. First thing is... Ironically, their website's called Healthy Kids, which is probably quite alarming. When tagged, a player becomes stuck in the mud. They cannot move with their legs apart. It says legs and arms. Look at the link just below it. Childline. Where? There isn't really a link for Childline, (laughs) obviously. All the videos. Learn how to play Stuck in the Mud. So there you go. Stuck in the Mud. Teaching ideas. Stuck in the Mud is a classic game and a great pulse ranger for any age. From the seventies, I literally this is. To be fair, let's be fair. When I was a kid, you didn't have fucking PlayStations and tablets and all this shit, which people would probably do now rather than play stuck in the mud. What did you have as a kid? Mega Drive, World Wars. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> See, there you go. We've just proved it's not as paedophilic as you might suggest. And I would in, in any good game. If you like five, bored without a tablet, good game. Uh, I will be suggesting at the next work event we have a stuck in the mud team competition. And I'll be suggesting a disciplinary shortly after because it only ends in one way. Um, Do you want to segue into something else? I Also on a different note and the reason that I've said that particular word there, I actually got a message criticising the use or the overuse of the word segue. Apparently it's used quite often in this, this By podcast. both of us, you do, you, you, you do use it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm in no position to criticise anyone for using any words or same terms of phrases on the pronunciation. So yeah, I've got a lot better that I don't um, keep my nose out of that one. But um, Well, that's that's my first go. You, oh, you wanna, what's, your, what's your topic? A few different things. I'm didn't trying expect to think... stuck in the mud though, did you? <laughs> uh, I wasn't prepared for that one. I didn't expect to have to go to sort of childhood issues within 10 minutes of this American special. I didn't know that's, that's what that would bring out. Um, I've got a few different things. I'm trying to think of the best way to address these. I think on the back of recent news with regards to Liverpool, and I think you've got something about this as well, just based on a very brief conversation we had before the podcast, um, American ownership in the Premier League. So, And that, that segues. It goes into a different... Um, subject that I've got as well but I didn't know how many American owners were in the Premier League it's, it's actually quite a few more than I thought can, how many can you name? put me on the spot Bowley Chelsea yeah FSG us mm-hmm. Glazers Scum yeah you've then got uh, Arsenal I can't remember his name Cronky 
Cronkay with his son in charge. Stan, is it Stan? Yeah. Um, you've then got... I know he's not there anymore, but it always cracks me up in terms of an example of Randy Loner at Villa, but gone. Um, yes. Yeah, um, are we talking full ownership? Because I believe San Francisco, I've got a little piece of you guys. Yeah, 49ers. Yeah, I'll give you that. 49ers have some of us. Um, after that, I'm probably starting to struggle. And I'm sure the listeners want to hear more than me just going, um, I'm <laughs> naming Premier League teams. So uh, well, Apparently Palace do. Wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Um, John Texter became the largest individual in August 2021. Um, Fulham. Fulham's a more obvious one. Oh, the guy that owns Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it owns um, AW Wrestling. Does he? Didn't yeah, know which is a weird one. Khan. Yeah, Khan? Tony Khan. Uh, I think, is it his son who runs it? Or is it his dad, sorry, that owns it? Sight. Was it them or was it Al Fayed before him that saw the wisdom of putting up a Michael Jackson statue outside Al Fayed, the ground? Al Fayed, yeah, was it? which it was a Kalafa, wasn't it? went down fantastically well. Uh, you got the majority of them. Um, Albert Smith apparently bought a 10% share in West Ham. So I know it's is it Sullivan and Gold Sullivan and Gold, yeah. There's a Czech billionaire who apparently owns 27% of uh, West Ham, which I didn't know that. But... A bit of a mixed bag is the point that I'm coming on to there. So American ownership in the Premier League is completely varied. It's not like you imagine, for example, when a, a Saudi individual takes over the club and you think, right, it's going to bankroll it. You look at, um, obviously, Newcastle. You look at what they're doing in the rest of the world. Qatari, um, obviously, with um, a number of clubs that they've done the same. So, but Americans don't seem to be invested in doing exactly the same it seems to be more of a well this is going to cost significantly less than an NFL team and I can invest a little bit into it while also getting a fair bit of money back off them but other than so the Glazers have done it every so often I know there's mixed opinions about those but they do tend to invest every so often um, FSG and they leverage the club for a massive amount of debt yeah of course um, it's I mean, it's not even their money is it but FSG I know we talked last week um, with regards to how much they've invested in you. And yes, part of it is to do with how much money they're getting back, but they still seem to buy quite a lot of big players. You've seen Chelsea. Did you see just on the FSG note, apparently what hit the papers today that of their alleged parting gift to us? Uh, is it they're going to buy Bellingham? By yes. Chance? Is it, it absolute nonsense? Absolutely. But apparently they're, yeah, we're going to sell you, but we'll just invest £100 million to Cause show really you like we're desperate. Because yeah. we're, we're wonderful like that, but... I read that with uh, from the same source, the BBC, that told us Harlem was on eight hundred and whatever thousand pounds a week, which was wrong. So um, I take it with a large pinch of salt, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. No, but if they did, that would be obviously a good way for them to end the legacy with um, with yourself. And to be fair, if you look at the period that they've overseen, how, how long have they been there? Quite a while. Two thousand and ten, I think it was. They came that, in. Would you um, say that they've been successful owners? Yeah, definitely, and particularly when we compare us to the clowns of Gillette and Hicks that were beforehand and the circus that went with them, they are the a stereotypical American owner that you don't want. The biggest one for me at the moment, I mean, the Glazers are definitely up there, but they try, it seems to me, to at least remain in the background. The worst example has to be Chelsea's new owner. This clownish guy comes in, he wants everybody to know he can afford a rich club. He comes in with all these stupid fucking ideas of the North-South game and... Oh, where'd you get that from? America. He He's the one for me that I would really be against owning us because he just hasn't got... He's not in touch remotely with um, the fans. Um, and the worry is if Liverpool have been put up for sale, we're now not the type of team that a small person like FSG can afford. It can, you know, They reckon about £4 billion, So that's the same level as that Bowley. We're going to get a clown. Now, if someone like Elon wants to come in and bankroll us with a bit more money... Um, I could accept that as much of a bit of a joker he is, and he wouldn't. But I think someone like Elon would have let right. I'll hire someone to sort it out. I, don't I know disagree, and I, I know we're going down a path here, but I reckon if Elon Musk took over someone like Liverpool, I think it would be all about Elon Musk. You'd have Twitter as your main sponsor. You'd have Tesla, um, Anfield. You'd have all this nonsense. Oh, you, you, you definitely would. But I feel like he knows enough. He'd be chiming in like he does on, on things, but I feel like he'd hire a sporting director or someone like that to at least try and... I think he hasn't got enough time. 
he takes a tune with all of the other shit that he does. Um, but he's yeah, he he don't get me wrong, he would not be my ideal owner. So that does lead me on to my next question, and this is more of an in-depth one for you. Um, my question to you is why is, considering the size of America, considering how invested they are in everything else and how they're essentially one of the superpowers of the world, why aren't they a superpower in men's soccer? And yes, I've used the word soccer on purpose there. Because um, you look at how that is perceived in their own country. As you've already said, NFL is by far... I think the most watched sport, I would assume, is it baseball? No, basketball. I think baseball is ahead is of baseball. Basketball, ironically, but um, or weirdly, more than anything, because as you say, it's. I mean, there is something about hand-eye coordination and hitting something, but I think baseball, if you it's nine innings for a start, which is a fucking long time, and you might get one inning where they hit a home run. So I think it's. It, I don't know what. I'm going to be really harsh here. But I can't help but feel when you look at the, the the basis of what we're saying American sports are based on, it's based on a lot of time, which gives them more time to eat in the stands. So American football, baseball, how do you, you always see people, don't you? They're, how many vendors do you see drinking around with hot dogs and popcorn and those kind of things? I, I literally feel that the game is just designed to eke it out to make it more of a commercial reason and you have to buy more shit. Uh, yes, I don't think it's necessarily to do with them being all overweight. I think that's quite a... I didn't say all overweight. I just said that well, they all want to eat, eat based around food. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, it, it is, it's definitely all to do with franchising and advertisements and stuff like that. But you could do that in football. So why is it that... I mean, is, is it not... Uh, we're obviously massive football fans. To us, we see the world in a relatively black and white way, which is you're weird if you don't like football, which is definitely how I see the world from a sporting perspective. Is it not because of those slightly baffling sports that we've just talked about that have more popularity, that in is, is in itself a cultural thing and why football is not as important? Just to flip it round on you, I'm sure Americans, and in fact I'm sure they do do this, would say, what the fuck is cricket all about? You guys talk about how long a game can last. You guys can play for five fucking days and the average result is a draw. Let's so I think... No one is dissing cricket. That is I, 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 a classic, I like cricket, sport. don't get me wrong. Better, infinitely better than any of those other sports we talked about. But I'm pretty sure somewhere in America, there'll be two guys doing a similar podcast and if they had a UK day, they'd be like, what the fuck is cricket all about? Or Badminton. I mean, there's certain yeah, I'm games. not defending Badminton. Oh, Badminton's Jesus weird, but I'm just, I'm just trying to think of niche sports that once you get football is by far and away in this country, isn't it? Really. What about kabaddi? You watch kabaddi? That was something from my like childhood. Kabaddi. Now again, I, it's, I'm now. How do you know about kabaddi? Because it used to be on Channel Four when I was a kid. Sky Sports took it over. There were uh, I don't know what it was called. I'm assuming it's something like the kabaddi Premier League. What a ridiculously entertaining it, sport. You say that now you've just shit on my point earlier. That is pretty much professional it, isn't it? Really? I it's, it's it. It, but that's good. I, I like that. Um, but yeah, I forgot about kabaddi. But yeah, yeah, I used to. That was on Channel Four when I was a kid. I'm looking at this as an article that's been written by Master Soccer Mind, um, some American website, which goes into a lot of detail about things such as uh, when does the referee stop the clock in a soccer game? How often does professional goalkeeper change his gloves in a soccer game? What Who makes... the fuck is asking a question <laughs> like that? Well, if you did ask the question, does it not like that's the kind of thing I would like have some break down the offside rule? That would be useful for a newcomer to the game that might not get it. How many? Who the fuck asks how many times does a keeper change their gloves? Well, what's the answer? Zero. Unless they've got a, a hole in not. it or someone's hit the shot that hard that no one changes their gloves really mid-game, do they? Um, what? Apparently, um, goalkeepers will wear a glove, or a glove, a pair of gloves for five to seven matches. And then change. I mean, I... don't believe that. What? It's like boots are better. in these days, they just who's wear... measured that? <laughs> and they just wear a new pair and chuck them in the bin or throw them to the crowd, won't they? Yeah, the kid in the crowd. But they're not changing their their gloves midway through a game. Let me give you the reasons that this this guy says um, soccer is not as popular in the United States as it is elsewhere. So number one, Americans are not number one at soccer. Two, they have an obsession with excessively big things. 
feel like there's a joke in there. Three. So what, what's the what's the the point though to do with football that because people aren't fucking giants that play that they don't like where big things is in literally massive players in terms yeah. of basketball and uh, NFL that and the amount of goals etc. So they're saying that essentially if you look at the top three sports of the country and meaning US um, you're looking at an average of what, 20, 30 points in NFL per game. You're looking at NBA, which gets well over 100. Um, everything like that, essentially. But, yeah, so it goes into details about that. Americans not being number one seems a bit stamp your feet sort of thing. I, I don't know if that's the, the correct, one of the correct reasons. One of my quite interesting points that it makes, though, is that it's not ideal for marketing and business. And I'm like, well, what... What is that? What they're talking about? You can just plaster sponsors everywhere. But the good point that's been raised here is, if you look at uh, American football, you have end of the first and third quarter. You've got three timeouts. You've got injury timeouts. You've got half time, two minute warnings, stoppage after punt and kickoff returns, stoppage after a score, stoppage after um, turnover, and a coach challenge. All opportunities to flash them up, saying, "Go and buy Conor McGregor's new whiskey." Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, commercialisation, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. They're just very commercialised in everything that they do. Um, one thing, I, to be honest, one thing I do feel like America got quite right with football. Um, and this, I'll see what your opinion on this. Have you seen how they used to take penalty shootouts? Yeah, I, I was about to say to you one of my quotes on this. Do you remember? I remember when the MLS didn't have draws. Yeah. So you couldn't have a draw. And I think they've changed this now because it was nonsense. You can't just play with the rules of something. But did they not get the ball at the halfway line and they had a run towards the keeper? Exactly like hockey. I liked it. I, always, I remember watching a few like that. And you've got the, the completely different strategies of you've got people who just try and drill it past the keeper in terms of run and beat them on pace. You've got keepers. I remember one keeper that used to just fly out and I saw someone just lob him for about 30 yards. It, it, I'll, I'll be honest, out of ridiculous rule changes... Not for me, but to make it more of a spectacle. I can remember watching that as a kid and quite enjoying something. I quite like that. The idea of it gives a little bit more of a level playing field with the goalkeeper. It's not as though... Cause if you take I think that it, makes it way harder. For the goalkeeper? Yeah. No. You, you, then, keep, a normal penalty shootout, you just dive. That's to save it. In it. It's, it that's what I mean, you're guessing. Whereas in... If you're that, it's all about ability. It's all about making sure that you got, don't go down too early, that you're off your line quick enough but also not too quick etc etc whereas penalty shootout it's just yeah I'm going to dive and hope that I go right way based on statistics yeah I mean I've I've always been as we know and these are traditionalists I think you can't just I mean that's like how would they feel if we took basketball and just said right free throws now from the halfway line so the free, just tweaking with the rules just to say, I just think that's bullshit you can't be doing that that's miles better that means that it's no longer it ridiculously easy to score every two seconds in a game. I'd watch it then. Our Shaq, amazing player, couldn't hit a free throw for shit. Never watched it. Never been invested in it. The most I've watched, as you've already alluded to, is uh, Space Jam, which is quite enjoyable actually. But um, yeah, just more of a curiosity in terms of why America isn't anywhere near as big in general. In in the terms, of... I know their women's football team seems to dominate quite a lot. I know England beat them. Um, I think it was like a. European champions versus world champions game but they seem to be quite popular and dominant in their sport whereas the American men's national team I know they've got England coming up um, shortly and I think that'll be by the time this podcast goes out next week um, They're young as well if we look at it from again, my interpretation of some of the, re- the cultural reasons why it's not as big America's one of the youngest nations in the world in terms of I'm not a history buff, but I think it was 1876 that America was founded. You know, um, we've got football teams that have been around longer than America. I'm sure Notts County, who are the oldest team in the world, were formed before America. So they're quite, they don't have the heritage of playing those games like we do. And it feels to me because they're a young, in inverted commas, nation like that, that they also have taken on more of the kind of younger generations and cultural thing, um, attention spans no one in America could play cricket because of that that kind of the younger generations these days want instant gratification they want things that are you know 
social media, videos, TikTok, all of that stuff. And it feels to me that somewhere in amongst there, there is that cultural point that America is not a particularly old country and a lot of our sports have an historic route back, like cricket, you know, things like that. Do you not think it, find it weird, though, when you look at America and you look at the size of it, that you're telling me in that massive nation there isn't 11 male footballers that could surpass people in the rest of the world? I mean, as an example, so just on that, you look at New Zealand, so all blacks in rugby, quite well-known to be completely dominant. They're not a massive island, but seem to do well consistently. I don't think there's ever been a time that they've faded off. Um, India, cricket. So, yes, India are significantly bigger, but always been good at cricket, always brought up you know, new players. Is it to do with the fact that Americans don't have that interest and will naturally try to be NFL players or NBA players and soccer I need to stop using that word now. It's getting around my nose myself. Uh, but football is left to the wayside because there's not that interest there. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. And the other thing I was going to say that I don't know if this is on your, your article as a contributing factor is most kids in the UK, I think, um, grow up wanting to be footballers or certainly my generation again I, I don't know they probably want to grow up to be fucking youtubers these days but wanted to be footballers and if you had a sporting nouse let's say and were good at sport football always dragged you away from the other sports so one example I had a mate when we were a kid who was amazing at football and was scouted for teams but he was equally good at golf and tennis now when we were kids who the fuck is going to choose golf or tennis over football so he played football he then got a really bad injury that actually forced him to stop playing at maybe 13, 14 and picked up golf and was like a scratch golfer by 17. And what I think is is on that, football draws the real athletes. That It's one of those games you can learn. If you're really good athletically, you're super quick, you know, you're quite big, you can teach people football skills. I think in America, those super freak athletes are drawn more towards the NBA or NFL. So football comes further down the list. Do you think it's to do with money? Because obviously there's a lot more money in America, definitely, in things like NFL. Uh, there's yes. far more investment and you can earn more is the, the main point that I would make. And, and the reciprocal side in this, this country, that football's going to pay you more than if you wanted to be a basketball player or some one of these other sports. So yeah, totally think money factors into it. But look at some of these, the other example I would give about these kind of athletes being drawn into other sports is look at some of the more... Um, athletically gifted people in the UFC most of them have come from another sport so there's a lot that played professional football or Brock Lesnar even before he went into wrestling was a professional footballer uh, NFL player um, there's a guy called OSP that used to play uh, football there's a lot more Volkanovski uh, Volkanovski rugby uh, I mean Australians are slightly different but you, you get that draw and I think you're spot on that th- those are the two big the three Baseball, basketball in America and uh, American football draw those athletes in, whereas in the UK, I think those athletes are drawn to football. Sticking with football then, um, before we move on to any other particular American subjects that you might have, top three American footballers. Oh, I get See, I can't even say that sentence because then there's a confusion. American soccer players of all time. Of all time is a bit of a twist because weirdly on an overlap that we didn't agree or discuss beforehand, I had one of mine was the best American players in Premier League history. Okay. So I've got a top three there for you. So my view in ascending order, maybe controversially, I mean, two of these three jumped out to me straight away. The other one, when I did a bit of Googling, I was like, do you know what? He probably makes it. So number three, Tim Howard. Yeah. Uh, 10 years at Everton. 414 appearances for the club Uh, a lot of people don't remember he was at the scum I think for a year or two uh, before he went to Everton where they bought him he had a year there was a bit garbage and went on to become uh, a bit of a cult hero Um, renowned when I was younger as Timmy Tourette's because I think he also officially had Tourette's syndrome didn't he so yeah, that, yeah, he did officially have Tourette syndrome. So there was a lot of jokes about him just screaming obscenities at the Everton backline. So he always has a, 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 a familiar place in my heart there. 
Number two, Brad Friedel. Okay. So um, 450 um, Premier League appearances across 16 years, including, and it's still the record for consecutive games. Want to hazard a guess? Uh, Mind-blowing stat, this one. 400. You prick. 320. (laughs) 320 consecutive appearances. Still the record. And a little stat that I didn't know when I was looking at him. He actually made the PFA Team of the Year, 2002-2003, when he was at Blackburn. So he was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, started with us. A bit like Tim Howard. Didn't really get a sniff playing for Liverpool. Went to Blackburn. Literally for maybe seven or eight years. Played almost every game across those. Then he went to Villa, I think. Yeah, it was a mainstay so. in the Villa team. And then he ended his career, I think, with Tottenham, didn't he? Went there and was a bit of a backup keeper um, for Tottenham. Um, but yeah, decent, decent keeper. 320. That won't ever be broken, I don't think. Number one. Want to hazard a guess? Uh, I could do, but I'm going to keep Stum because it might be the same as mine. So I'll let you go first. Clint Dempsey. So, um, was one of those players that was a bit dog shit for a few years. No one really remembered him. And then he just seemed to hit a, a, groove, and a, a groove and a rhythm for a few years. He is still Fulham's top Premier League goalscorer with 50 goals. Two Player of the Year awards in terms of club awards for Fulham. And I think probably he was best remembered for almost single-handedly dragging Fulham to the Europa League final in 2009-2010. I can remember one particular screaming goal that he scored against Juventus. It was even in the quarters or the semis. And in some ways, I actually dislike him, but despite my <laughs> respect for him, because it was because of that season and how well he helped the team that we ended up with fucking Roy Hodgson. Ugh. So I still blame Dempsey in a small matter that he made Hodgson look really good and we ended up with that piece of shit. But... Um, Number one for you, same? No. So I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. I would say Brad Friedel is three. Okay. I agree with you that Dempsey is in the top three, but I think he's two. My controversial top is Landon Donovan. Because he had a, a short stint with Everton, if I remember correctly. Two spells, I think. Yeah, so a year after the other, I think. So we're 10 and 12. Roughly, so I've um, he only played like barely made the top 10 from the three or four different ones that I looked at. Made the top 10, but to be more than a Premier League top scorer for a team, for, for like if I remember rightly as well, when they come from America, they come at loan at Christmas, so he played half a season. So basically, what you're saying is your best player ever from America played a full season. I'm saying America's best player, I'm not saying. My best player. Um, I, I think it's so. You look. I'm just looking at all the different achievements, American-wise, for Landon Donovan. So won the MS, MLS Cup four times, which everyone wants to win that. Uh, Supporters Shield twice. Uh, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, that very renowned cup that everyone <laughs> shaking your head at me. Um, the U.S. Soccer Young Athlete of the Year in 2000. So, pretty hard to beat that, I think. It feels a little bit like you've had a pre-prepared answer here because you've taken away from my... You you posed me a question. I threw it back at you with a bit of spin to say, what about the best players in Premier League history? And it feels oh, like you've, ruined you've it for stuck yeah. with the best American player ever, not the best in Premier League history. Well, he still played in so Premier calling League. calling you out. He is <laughs> MLS's greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. He was awarded... Um, Apparently, uh, MLS All Star Team. I'm not counting that many times. I think it's well over ten. Uh, Player of the Month. He won a number of times. The MVP, etc., etc. Um, On your you've question, you've he, can ruined say, it. Out, he could be in there. I don't think he can make the top three in in my reworded question. Well, your reworded question is wrong. <laughs> so uh, go on then. You can pick another. It's like Christmas, isn't it? You pick a random subject. So I've got a quick one for you. Go only on. because of it. So this is like, you know, maybe a two or three uh, answer question in some ways. So they've talked about it before in terms of American football teams maybe, you know, adding a 39th game or anything like that. So if a licence was granted to an American team, what team would you want it to be for an away day piss-up? 
Texas. So that's a state, not a, a team. Well, <laughs> I'm that's not like saying, what, what would your team be? Yorkshire. <laughs> um, so you're showing up, and you're off there tomorrow. So that that bodes well I'm for your geography. Off to Texas. <laughs> um, it's got to be Vegas, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is Vegas. Obviously, we spoke about this before, um, just before the pod. But I will try to be clever. It's Vegas. I mean, New York. <laughs> Where you got Florida, where you're off, haven't you? Apart from which, obviously, again, is a state. Um, you know, Miami would be what I'd write down there. That would be seem to me a pretty good away day. Orlando. You've got Disneyland. <laughs> I can't imagine most football hooligans <laughs> going off, getting a bus over there and then going for a quick day trip to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, I might do. They might, might be, do. Might I'm be being incredibly the stereotypical there, but um, I'm sure there's plenty of people that would like that as an away day, but... Um, Vegas has got to be the answer, hasn't it, really? It is, yeah. It's, it's There's no other one from that. But um, So following our link or, or our theme of top threes, a bit more of a broader one, this, and very subjective. So um, I can drop on you my view to give you a little bit of thinking time. Top three American sports people of all time. So across any sport you want. Ooh. There's going to be a question that I ask about boxing very, very shortly in the podcast. And I feel like this might overlap and this is going to probably ruin my answers for that. Um, what, what's the order? So is it third, second, first? Again, I mean, you know me, particularly with top threes, I always think it's really hard to narrow those down. And this is one of the most subjective questions that I've ever posed here. But yeah, go for me. Three, I, two, one. I feel like... <laughs> sound like you were timing me then. Um, I feel like this is one of those where there are some very obvious answers that I could be boring and give. Um, Michael Jordan, for example, would be, I'm Wins sure, most every fucking time. Yeah, and I, I've it. got some Jordan stats for you to have why that should be the answer. But, yeah, it's got to be top three, though, hasn't it? Even well, if you yeah, don't like I, it, I think people, got to. I don't like anything to do with that sport, and I know ridiculous amounts about him. Um just from that only because if I bore you with it yeah exactly wait till I hit you and drop these fucking stats on you that I've got here (laughs) well just hold on on those although I'll give you my other two Um, I'll be I'll go on I'll be left field then John Jones okay I thought you'd like that answer Um, and Floyd Mayweather And, and that's that's probably ruining the boxing answer but I think it's difficult to argue against Floyd Mayweather because I know that you'll end up saying Tyson. You've clowned yourself, I would say, on the boxing point here only because... So I I, I made my, my choice and I was like, I think they're three pretty obvious choices. So then before I thought I speak and as I always do say something stupid, I thought I should do a little bit of research around this. So uh, I did. I found about five or ten different websites and there seemed to be a pretty consistent top five. So these were in no particular order in terms of, well, I'll give you the, the honourable mentions first that came up and then I'll give you my three. So first one was Serena Williams in terms of what she did for tennis. Fair that enough. has to be in, in, in maybe in the top five if you're going that far. One that I'd heard of, I uh, saw his name a lot and only when I did a bit of Googling um, did I, I, I quite appreciate what he did. Jesse Owens. No idea. Old Olympic athlete. Uh, on the face of it, sounds a bit like a shit Usain Bolt in that this was the 19 I think I'm, I didn't write these stats down so I'm going on memory here I think it was the 1932 Olympics he won 100 meters 200 meters long jump and relay pretty standard in terms of the gold medals what made it a real highlight I think and where his place in history goes they were the Munich Olympics during the Nazi regime where you had Hitler espousing his Aryan views and Jesse Owens, a man of colour, comes in front of them and smashes all the records. So he he is one that felt a bit of a a, a wider cultural reason for him being in there. That That's pretty special. Um, so then can the top three I, can for Can I me, change my answers? Because I've, I've just Googled it and I've <laughs> just seen all the different ex- ones. So the top three then for me, <laughs> Tiger Woods, probably yeah. being there just in terms of what he's done. This is where I'm going to clown you after talking about your two boxes. 
Muhammad Ali. Oh, just you didn't That's even put Ali, but two wank boxes in. No Tyson and no Ali, who is literally the definition of a pulp sort of cultural icon for what he did standing against the war. He has to be him and Jordan. Him and Jordan literally on almost every list were the top two. Well, literally, I'm just looking at this. Babe Ruth has come up a lot. True. Uh, again, not really into baseball, as you could probably tell by the first start of this uh, this podcast. But yeah, Muhammad Ali is <laughs> the most obvious answer in it. Tiger Woods, of course. You get away with it of your age. Again, you don't really remember Ali, so I, I'll let you off on that one. But to then say, say I'm going to put these two shit boxes in. I mean, to me, the two boxes you said would be three and four in boxing after Tyson and Ali. But two people that I didn't it didn't even cross my mind. Wayne Gretzky came up a lot, but again, yeah. we're not bothered. But Tom Brady. Nah, he did. I say the well, weirdest one that weirdly sticks out, and this shows you when I, I read there was an article that had the top fifty athletes uh, of uh, American heritage. Number twenty-five, John Cena. <laughs> like, are you what the fuck? I just deli- immediately stopped reading the list to say who on earth is this clown that wrote exactly. this? So, John Cena should be number one. <laughs> so. Um, but only because I felt like I'd obviously lined it up. MJ, my hero as a kid, goes across um, generation. I mean, there's still Air Jordans now. People will probably know what Air Jordans are and have no idea who Michael Jordan is. Probably still the best-selling uh, trainer. I'm going to try and keep this short, but here's a stat attack on him. One minute, let me, let me get comfortable for this one. 1,072 games played in the NBA an average of 30.1 points a game, 6,672 rebounds, an average of 6.2 a game, 5,633 assists, an average of 5.3 a game, 2,514 steals, at an average of 2.4 a game. In terms of awards, six times NBA champion, so it's six times that he win the league, six times MVP of the finals, so that's the best player across the series of the, the the top two teams. Five times NBA MVP, so rated the player of the league five times. Ten-time NBA scoring champion. Top scorer for ten years. Um, three times NBA steal leaders. 14 NBA All-Star games. Three MV, uh, M, All-Star game MVPs. That's the best players on show. Three times he won the best player in in, in that game. 10 times uh, all NBA first team. So they do these weird, if you've seen them, NBA first team, second team and third team, best players, like the PFA sort of league. Um, nine times NBA all, all, all defensive first team because of his steals and two times NBA slam dunk champion. Hang on a minute. They've got different types of play in terms of... So they have a first team, second team and third team, which is basically like, imagine... Out, the, the equivalent would be the PFA player like team of the year, but they have a first team, a second they team, they have a defensive team. team. Yep. Well, that's so that, that's that's the best at doing defense. You know, blocks, steals, rebounds, and then you obviously you have the offensive team, which is the scorers and the I feel like providers. That's just a way of making a team that you would be shoehorned into. It's like me saying, I, I want to be in the best free kick curliest team of the hair yeah. uh, at first 11 <laughs> the worst top three American sports players of all time it's nonsense to have three of those three teams I think probably the justification is obviously because it's basketball there's only five people per team so that's actually 15 players over the whole league justification would be to scrap the spot yeah but that was a shitload of stats there and I'm I'm a bit caught in the headlights myself with them but that is MJ Undoubtedly, the top man ever. Best book, best American sportsman. I don't think you can call him MJ. I think that's that's someone else. He's the person that you used to play stuck in the mud with when you were younger. <laughs> the real MJ, <laughs> pedo, pedo MJ was a was a, a a pretender to the real MJ's throne. Just to confirm, no one's actually calling anyone a pedophile in real life. Um, right, okay. So because we seem to be stuck on these lists, we might as well run through them. And because I'm not going to be able to answer these, it's definitely more one for you. And I don't think really, after listening to my top three American sportsmen of all time, anyone wants to hear me give a top three again. So for you, top three MMA fighters, Americans, obviously, of all time. Big list. 
Um, right. I'll, number three, BJ Penn. At at one point was unstoppable, multi-weight champion. Um, went again, another one, a bit like Anderson Silva, probably went on the slide. Most people might remember him towards the end of his career, uh, but was a, fought at heavyweight. It was fought as low as lightweight and once fought, I can't remember who it was at heavyweight, um, just didn't give a fuck about size. He was the definition of a fighter. Fighter's fighter, BJ Penn. Number two, I'd probably go Matt Hughes. So one of only two people to beat GSP. Held the weight welterweight title for a chunk of time before GSP came along and uh, took it away from him and um, sent him off into, into retirement. Also really sadly had a... A bizarre accident, I would say. If I'm not, I'm, I'm not butchering this. I think his truck got stuck on a train line. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And he got hit by a train and like brain damage and a lot of medical issues afterwards. And probably curtailed his career a bit early. But was um, was a was a hell of a fighter. Number one's got to be John Jones for me. Yeah. Um, there'd be a couple of honourable mentions, probably from Mark. These are more. Uh, Maybe romantic choices, which would be Chuck Liddell. Loved him as a kid. The Mohawk. I mean, again, he didn't. He just looked like a crazy asshole that would cage fight, didn't he? Um, you know, ripped Mohawk, goatee. Not a man to be fucked with. Randy Couture, who's got to be in there. Just uh, oldest heavyweight champion. I think he won the heavyweight title at like forty-two. Like just insane amount of durability. I don't think he even came into MMA till he was like thirty-five. Um, and Dan Henderson has to be in there with a shout as well. So um, that would be my, my top three with a few honourable mentions. I'm going to say, yeah, literally, I'm not even going to give mine because I have absolutely no idea. And you just leave out John Jones. Yeah. I know. The best one ever anyway. Uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. I think is the best of all time. Um, I don't really have anything much else to, to go into unless you I feel do. like then have you, have you skipped over your... Top three American boxes. Not then, going did. into it. I refuse just... to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> so can I take it then from that that Ali was not on the list? He was. He was number one, funnily enough, which makes it even worse, which is why I don't want to go into it. I had um, Joe Frazier, Ali and uh, George Foreman. So of your top three, when <laughs> you're talking about you, you didn't give a single one I mean. of them and you gave two people that don't even make your top three. That seems like a, a well-reasoned thing for a podcast host to say. It's exactly why I didn't want to go into it. Pressure got to you, didn't it? But, it did. Um, Tyson would have to make that top three for me. And again, uh, Ali, I think, again, is a... And I mean, Tyson, you could argue, in terms of that cultural impact, a bit like MJ, it went beyond his sport. The world... When I was a kid, the world literally stopped turning for Mike Tyson fights. It, it was probably the closest thing you could get to how I imagine... It in French Revolution times when they had the guillotine. It was a public execution. It wasn't a case of if he's going to win. It was how long before he knocks people the fuck out. And that, that I think people, the clamour, I've never seen anything like it for that. Everybody wanted to watch Mike Tyson fights, even if you didn't give a shit about boxing. It was an an event. Times have changed. It was back in the days when he had four channels. It was always on TV, but... The numbers he must have done in terms of te- television pay-per-views at that point is crazy. I mean, I've seen the... I'm not that old to have watched his fights when they were live or anything like that, but I've seen the, the Lewis-Tyson fight a number of times, and obviously that's a little bit later into It's not Tyson's real Tyson. Career. Yeah. yeah not, it was after prison, after the year biting fiasco. Um, yeah, he was a... On the slide, big time by that point, sadly. Again, I, I watched that fight live at university um, and was obviously a massive Lennox fan, so glad Lennox smashed him, but it was a bit of a sad ending for Duck Tyson. It felt like that was, again, he was become a bit of a circus show by then um, with all of the other allegations and stuff. But yeah, not what he was when he beat Leon Spinks, not when he, you know, he was just murking people. You reckon he'd um, have taken him in his prime, Lewis? Lewis would have outboxed him, but I don't know if anyone could have outboxed that Mike Tyson when he was like 19, 20. And he'd just come at you throwing ridiculous body hooks, just the power, every single punch was thrown to kill you. I mean, I get how much you know of Tyson's backstory, but he had a tough upbringing, you know. 
no love as a kid um you know was actually abused i think by his, his mother and father um then went to customato who was a boxing trainer adopted him as a kid just showed him love showed him there was a, 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 a an angle that he could take out that aggression and channel all of that hatred into and still the youngest heavyweight champ of the world there'll never ever be i don't think a heavyweight champion of the world at 19 so killer for me unrivaled unrivaled um yeah i mean as i say i've got nothing left so any other i've got a few depends if we need to go down this route or if we're filling up time or not i've got i've got some random stats about america if you'd like i just thought if i came across that um give us one give us your favorite don't think there are any of these my favourites here. But, um, just a, two, I'll give you then. One is about, there's been 46 presidents of the United States. Four have been assassinated. So it's a relatively risky job if you're, uh, you're promoted to being a president. So um, no one really wants that. The only other one I feel like I will pick out then is because we we skirted away from trying to suggest that eating became part of the American culture. They eat a hundred plus acres of pizza a day. What? How do you even measure that? How? I'm just going to say. I read that. I was like, I've got to throw that in. But how do you fact check that? I'm guessing there'll be some bullshit average of this state eats this many pizzas, and then they throw it into a stat like that. But yeah, just make it one hundred acres of pizza a day. The only other one. I know you're not going there, and in fact, neither of us like it, so I don't even know why I'm saying this one. But Kentucky produces ninety five percent of the world's bourbon. That's where Jack Daniels comes from. Um, There are 4.7 million barrels of bourbon in the state and 4.3 million people. So there's over a barrel per person of bourbon in Kentucky. Isn't a bourbon a biscuit? It is. It is an English biscuit, but it's also a type of whiskey. Interesting. Interesting. Jack Daniels Uh, is the most taste the same. Uh, They all taste the same. Dog shit and they burn. (laughs) But um, it's supposed... I don't... Again... I've not done me, uh, but it's different to Scotch or Irish whiskey. Um, Mainly, as I say, 95% is produced in Kentucky. But yeah, it's the same Bernie liquid. Well, uh, Bernie liquid. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that fact and on that note, I think that's a, a perfect, perfect way to end it. But um, yeah, as you'll have heard at the very beginning of this, uh, we'll be back to our usual nonsense. Um, this is more of a very special for our American listeners who I'm sure will never listen to this podcast ever again now. And turned it off after the first five minutes where we slagged <laughs> them off. So they probably haven't even reached the bits and of the And if they didn't turn it off then, they'll have turned it off when it got to the top three greatest American sportsmen of all time. Um, but as always, thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll speak to you next week.